This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome back, my friends. Today, we have a special guest who worked in private wealth management and venture capital for more than a decade before becoming a freelancer and investment analyst. He started developing his own business in 2013, runs four websites and a YouTube channel that currently has over 90,000 subscribers and over 3.5 million views today. So, of course, this is changing daily. Joseph Hogue appeared in Bloomberg TV, Fox Business, uh, Morningstar, and Forbes. He self-published 10 books on personal finance and investing. He also served in the Marine Corps and has degrees in finance, communication studies, and a master's in business administration from ISU. When he isn't talking money, Joseph budgets his time from reading history and spending time with his family in Medellin, Colombia. What's up, Joseph? Hey, Quinn. Good to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, you have an extensive resume. And one thing I, I didn't know beforehand was that you did serve in the Marines. So how long ago was that? Oh, wow. It was so long ago. Actually, I got out in 2001. So it's uh, about 18 years now, uh, almost two decades out. Uh, and then, you know, a few years uh, in, mostly, mostly stateside here. Cool. This still feels like yesterday? No, <laughs> no. Not, I, I wish it did. I wish it felt like yesterday, but no, the tra- time is slowly creeping by me, I think. Nice. Yeah, Joseph, as I mentioned, you have over 90,000 subscribers on YouTube, but it's growing fast. Like uh, I noticed on the stats on the first page, about 300 subscribers per day and uh, about 10,000 views per day. So is this growing all organically from from the value that you deliver there on YouTube or do you have any paid ads? It is. It's, it's all organic. I have, I've tried doing ads before in the past and uh, you know, there are some ways to use uh, especially YouTube ads to uh, not only drive your traffic, but really drive revenue, uh, drive income sources to your products. But uh, you know, there is nothing that beats nothing to beat uh, organic, organic growth. First of all, you know, you're not paying for people to, to see your videos. And so you're going to get more natural viewers and, and subscribers. Uh, but it's also just a, a great, uh, great verification, great confirmation of, of mm-hmm. what you're doing in your videos, that, uh, that you're getting those views, getting those subscribers. And it really helps, you know, drive your channel uh, as far as your content strategy and, and what else you do on it. Very good. So just for the record, uh, so everybody listening knows that, Joseph is not just a random YouTuber, right? Joseph actually has a CFA designation, which is the Chartered Financial Analyst. And this YouTube is, actually, you tell us, how did you get started and why? Sure. Well, I, I think first, you know, I'd point out that any, anybody can do YouTube. I, I mean, I, I do come from an equity analyst background, uh, 10 years in in uh, equity analysis, venture capital, that kind of thing. And I, and I have that designation, but you know, some of the most, uh, some of the most successful YouTubers are people just sharing their own personal story, their own, uh, their own transformation. And people can really relate to that story. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, YouTube is one of the great, uh, platforms to, uh, to build a business out of, uh, and it requires absolutely no experience, no, no skill, no, no anything really. Uh, but what it does require is, 
a commitment to uh, to using it as a business, to, to really treating it as a business. You know, I, I actually, I started, so like you said, I started my blogs in 2013 and uh, immediately loved the, the, the being able to own those assets, own that digital real real estate and, and grew them pretty quickly. You know, I was, uh, by 2015, I, I was already uh, making a, a few grand a month and started a YouTube channel just really as a way to host video summaries. Uh, and then I would embed them on the blog. So, so just mm-hmm. video summaries of my blog posts post them on YouTube and then uh, embed them on the blog post just to get a, you know, a little bit more uh, different type of, of media there on the blog, but wasn't, wasn't developing YouTube as an asset in itself, as a business in itself. And of course, you know, subsequently I did nothing on YouTube. So uh, two years later, I had all of about 22 subscribers and uh, wasn't really doing anything with it. I, I really didn't care about it though. Then December, 2017, I, I actually, I started seeing some traffic from my, from YouTube onto the blogs and and I really looked into it and, and decided to make that commitment to, to treat YouTube as a business in itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the rest is is history as they say, right? They it just exploded. Uh, like you said, 94,000 uh, 94,000 subscribers so far, about 300 subscribers a day. So I will uh, you know I'll be on track to to post about 130,000 subscribers over the first 2 years here. Uh, it has it has doubled my monthly income. It has led to uh, to more sponsorship deals, affiliates, and uh, and really a better sense of community. You know, I, I've I've been on the blogs for for about five years now, and I never had that face to face connection with with readers that that relationship. And with video, it's so much easier to get your story across and and to real really build that community. So it's a great business asset, but but you do have to commit to treating it like a business and really developing it. Uh, in, in that sense. Very good. And you have close to 300 videos, 260 or 70. And one of the things I notice is that you always have a very elegant bow tie. <laughs> is that just for the videos or do you actually have, wear that um, normally throughout your day? No, it's it's purely a branding thing. Uh, I, you know, as, a, as an equity analyst, of course, every day was dress up day. Uh, and since I've switched to this, you know, this kind of online work from home uh, model, then then I do kind of miss those those days. Yeah. Uh, so when it came to that that visual branding on my YouTube channel, then I decided to to go back to a little bit more formality. And uh, you know, what's more formal than a bow tie, right? Yes. Uh, one of the uh, one of the the real definers uh, of YouTube. One of the things that you really need to learn is is how can you be different from uh, all of the, the millions of other channels. I, I think there's like some like 26 million channels uh, on YouTube. Uh, 300 plus hours of, of video uploaded every minute. Uh, so incredibly competitive. So you need to figure out, okay, not only within your content, okay, so what are you delivering and how is that different and important uh, to people? Uh, you know, is it is it highly educational? Is it highly informative or uh, entertaining or a mixture of all those? And then how is your brand different? Okay. And so I decided that instead of just wearing, you know, a t-shirt, whatever I was wearing that day in my videos, like so many other channels do, then I would, I would actually, you know, dress up a little bit. I would, I would try to, um, try to show people that, hey, I'm taking the time to, to be professional, to look professional in these videos. And, and uh, you know, that's worth something. That means something. A little branding, a little bit of uh, beliefs in there. Uh, but it's really, it's worked. It's worked very well, I think. That's what I was going to say. It looks like it is working. 
So yeah, whatever works, just keep on doing it. So uh, before I ask you that, uh, you mentioned that you were making a couple grand per month with your blogs. That is just advertising, right? Google AdSense, I suppose? Uh, no, actually, I, I stopped uh, advertising on the blogs uh, many years ago. And it's just because it's it's really the, uh, you know, the, the poor man's version of blogging, I think. You, you really don't make very much advertising. Uh, now, I will say on on YouTube, uh, you make quite a bit more for the ads. And I, so I do have, have advertising on those. But on the blogs, it's mostly uh, my own products, affiliate marketing, and sponsorships. So these these uh, uh, these income sources that maybe are a little bit harder to set up, you have to manage them mm-hmm. instead of just letting Google put ads on your site. But it's a, it's a much higher profit margin uh, and something that you can you can directly control. Nice. And you did have a job, right? You were in the corporate world at one point. So tell us what made you quit? Why would you quit? And how? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I worked uh, I worked many years as an equity analyst, uh, did freelance uh, equity analysis as well and worked for venture capital. I worked as an economist for the state of Iowa and then in uh, you know corporate accounting. And in none of those jobs did I feel like I had a sense of control over uh, my financial future over over my income. It was you know while I was on salary and and for many of those jobs I received a bonus. Then it wasn't it didn't feel like what I did in my job, uh, the quality of the work directly controlled or influenced how much I made. Right. So that was one that was one thing. Uh, I also just really didn't feel a sense of ownership uh, about the work and about what I was doing. You know, and I think that's that's so important for a lot of people, and what something that a lot of people just completely overlook is that sense of ownership in in what you're doing. Uh, you know, that passion you have for the uh, for the work. So, you know, consequently, I, I was I think like a lot of people, I was miserable uh, for a lot a lot of my days. You know, uh, we spend probably about a third of our working lives at work. You know, eight hours a day out of twenty four, and uh, I don't know why so many people just resign themselves to being miserable that whole time. So, so I, I did, I, you know, I, I looked out there, I, I looked for ways to, uh, you know, other business ideas, things that I could do that, that I would be happy doing, that I would have more control and more, uh, more freedom to, uh, to directly influence, you know, how much I made. And uh, along came blogging, you know, along came first freelancing, really uh, being able to, to do what I was already doing, except on a freelance contract basis. Uh, and then that morphed into owning my own digital assets, my own websites, uh, and then now into this uh, this digital channel. And it's funny that you mentioned the ownership part, which I think everybody agrees with the ownership part, and then the sense of security. And that is actually one of the reasons why a lot of people stick with a job, because some people find security on working for somebody else, right? Sure, you know sure. what I mean? And, and- yeah, you know the, but you want to know the irony in this is that, and I understand a lot of people stay with that traditional nine to five job because of that that uh, perceived income security. But look at what's happening. Okay, uh, I, I'm actually doing some videos right now where I'm looking at the uh, IRS tax forms, the tax forms that the IRS is, is collecting. And if you look at a chart with that traditional W two tax form uh, that people get from their traditional nine to five job. And then compared to the amount of uh, 1099 forms the IRS is collecting. So the uh, 1099 is is uh, anytime you work for yourself, basically, uh, as a freelancer or you own your own business there, uh, then you get a 1099 from, from you know, everywhere you collect income. Mm-hmm. So if you look at a chart there over time, 
that W-2 form, that the amount of W-2 forms collected by the IRS has flatlined since 2000. They are collecting no more of those. Uh, there is flatline. The 1099s are jumping exponentially. Now, what does that tell you? Those those jobs on the 1099 forms are coming from somewhere. They're coming from people that are working that used to work those traditional jobs. Companies are shifting their employment from that traditional nine to five worker onto freelance, onto contractors, onto work from home and, and out of the office people. You know, and we're only going to see this trend uh, speed up in the future with, with that AI, with robotics and, and all that, the nine to five job is no longer secure. Okay. Uh, it's going the way of the, the old factory job that's 20 or 30 years ago that is, uh, that is being outsourced and offshored. So if you're thinking your nine to five job is income security anymore, you're going to be rudely awakened in no more than maybe 10 years. So what I tell people is, is you, you really do need to look at these online jobs, these these online businesses and things like that as your as your income insurance. Okay. This is these are the jobs, the the assets that you can own, the business you can own that's going to provide that income when those nine to five jobs aren't there anymore. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. And I may be a little biased because I am basically I work in the online space. But I remember the days where all the work online or make money online ads were or sounded kind of spammy even to me back back sure. many years ago because everybody is afraid of the unknown and the online world was unknown to most people. And I, I agree that most of the jobs that are coming up, most of the jobs that, that don't even exist yet are going to be related to online and to the internet and at least remote working. So I think you're right. You should secure something while you can, while you, you know, while you still have the, the, your nine to five supporting your needs, start a part-time. And that's what I advise everybody is to don't just jump from one job from your nine to five and start an online business. Keep your nine to five, start your online as a hobby. And then when it can keep up and pay for your needs, then you're, you're ready to step out. Sure, sure, and you can you can do most of these at five, even ten hours at the most every week. Uh, five to ten hours a week is all it takes. Find something that, that you really enjoy, that you're passionate about doing, uh, talking about, and uh, and yeah, build it up over a year or two, and pretty soon it'll be it'll be to where you're making more in that than your than your nine to five job, and you can tra- make that transition. But but yeah, make it before it's too late. Make it on your terms uh, instead of waiting for for your job to be outsourced or. Uh, you know, or downsized. Joseph, when it comes to your your niche, is there such thing as a 100% hands-off investments where like it's really passive? Sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a skeptic on passive income, mm-hmm. uh, even though I do, I do rely on passive income for so much of my business and I believe in it. But I think it's just, uh, it's gotten a bad reputation. On online, okay. People think that that there is a such thing as something that uh, that you can start and then set it and forget it and never have to worry about it again. Uh, and, and I think it, it just doesn't exist. You know, a lot of these business models, there, there is some maintenance you have to do, uh, but it's a scale, right? It's a continuum from from things that can that still require daily maintenance, daily daily management to, to cash flow, to things that uh, you know require much much less. So. So on one side of this coin, I would say, you know, something like maybe a vending machine business, right? You know, sure, you're not 
at your machines all the time and they're constantly making money for you, but you still still have to track that inventory. Uh, you know, you have to do a, a lot of things to keep that business up. Now on the other side of the scale, maybe self-publishing, which is about a fifth of my income. I love it. I've been doing it. So probably for about as long as I've had, had my online businesses. And uh, this is a natural fit for, for anybody, you know, with a YouTube channel, with a blog, anybody creating content online can easily take that reformat it into a self-published book and put it on Amazon. You know, so it does take, uh, it does take some work to, uh, to develop the book, to, to launch it and publish it. Uh, but then after that, I spend about $20 a month on Amazon marketing services, which is the, uh, the advertising platform there on Amazon to, to advertise the books uh, and make about $200 a month on each book. So, so about $180 profit. Uh, I do nothing else other than that. Uh, you know, I'll link, I'll link the books into some of my blog posts, some of the, uh, the YouTube videos. So there's some organic traffic there. And that's really all you need to make that passive is that occasional organic traffic. Those are organic sales to really juice the Amazon ranking system, keep your books ranked and keep my, making money. Uh, so that's probably about the most passive, passive income source I use. Uh, now, there are others, of course. I've got one video on YouTube that I published about a little over a year ago, maybe 14 months ago, still makes about $65 a day in ads. Uh, it's, it's my most popular video. It's about 700,000 views on it. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I could stop making videos now and that video would still, would still generate traffic, would still, would still get that, that income. Nice. That's actually pretty impressive. And like, like we talked, uh, off the air before, like, you know, I, I'm no, I'm nobody on YouTube. So I never had that experience, but that sounds as passive as you can get after the fact, right? You still have to create the the video, know the content, upload it. And I'm guessing it's not just upload as well. You'll need to know what keywords to use on the title, where to have them. And yeah, after all of that, then it becomes about probably 90 something percent passive, right? Sure. Sure. I, I think like in a lot of things, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, investing. So dividend stocks or, or a lot of these these investments uh, that are passive income. But you had to work to, to create that money or generate that money to invest in the first place. Uh, and it's it's no difference with 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 any kind of a business model or, or a, a business idea. You have to put in the time to to understand the business, uh, develop that content uh, and then create and publish that content. But after that, it can be it can be very passive. Nice. And along the way, since the beginning of your business and until now, everybody makes mistakes. So want to tell me about some of your mistakes that you made? Sure. Well, I think, you know, I think the biggest mistake was just not getting getting involved or, or not treating YouTube as a, a business asset in itself uh, from the from the first. And I think, you know, with with failure, talking about failure, I think a lot of people think of failure business ideas or success as a an off an off on kind of thing uh, uh, a by a you know a binomial decision uh, where where it's either you know you're a huge success uh, you're you're on the cover of Forbes or it's a complete failure and I think it's really uh, you know there are there are going to be a lot of things that you try that are somewhere in the middle there you know like I said I, I was I've been on blogging for, for about five six years now and uh, did very well you know by by most by most definitions, uh, making a few grand a month over those first few years and and did very well, but it wasn't the kind of success you read about in, in business school cases, right? Uh, so it wasn't necessarily a total failure. It wasn't this uh, 
you know, you'll hear a lot of entrepreneurs, you'll hear how they failed in six or 10 business ideas uh, before they got that one big success. Uh, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that total failure, but it wasn't a huge success. And I think that's, that's what a lot of people find when they start exploring business ideas in their own businesses is, is uh, you know, that it's, you'll, you'll have some ideas that'll just be a grind. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll work a little bit on them every day or every week and they'll build over time and they'll, they'll be mildly successful. Uh, and, but then, you know, eventually if you keep at it, you keep trying, you keep working, then you do hit that one very successful idea. Uh, and that's kind of what, what happened with me uh, with YouTube. So I, I think, you know, understanding that probably one of my first, and I won't call it failures, but, but first uh, hurdles is, is to understand that you need to try different ideas, uh, see which ones work, grow those over time, and just look for that one, that one really big success, uh, success story. Another one I think was uh, not, you know, not treating, uh, not treating blogging as a business. You know, when I first started out, I think I, I fell into what a lot of people think blogging is, which is just, uh, you know, writing articles and posting them on the web and, and uh, assuming that people will come and, and read your blog and, and traffic will come and you'll make money. Uh, and it's not, you have to, as a blogger, uh, you have to embrace that business of being a blogger. You know, you have to be the, the content writer. You have to be the promoter on social media and on, you know, promote your, your, your blog posts. You have to be uh, the finance guy to kind of look, you know, put together a spreadsheet of all your expenses and your income and, and understand, you know, what's profitable in your investments and all these other things. You have to be the SEO guy that's going to be getting links and stuff for your, for your website. Uh, there are, you know, 10 different business roles within that. Uh, anything you do in a traditional, in a traditional company, you're going to do it on these online businesses as well. Uh, so you really have to understand that, embrace that and, and uh, spend a little bit of time in each of these roles instead of just neglecting all of them and, and focusing on on one thing. And you still blog today, and uh, of course. And how often do you do it? Uh, well, I post uh, once a week to each blog, so that's four articles a week, uh, and then of course all the promotion, all the social media, and everything for each of those. Uh, what helps is that I, I do three videos a week on the YouTube channel, so a lot of times I can. I can dual purpose them. I can transcribe the YouTube videos, put them on as a blog post, and then embed the video. And uh, so, so sometimes maybe I only have to do two original articles for for the blogs each week. But it, it's still it's still a full time job, yeah. uh, right? You know, 50, 60 hours a week where I'm writing content for the blogs, uh, producing content for the YouTube channels, and uh, and then doing all that promotion, you know, talking to sponsors, affiliates, all that kind of thing as well. And uh, about creating uh, the content for YouTube, how do you decide like what to make your next video about? Sure. Well, a lot of it just comes from what's working for other other channels. So I've got a list of, you know, maybe maybe five to ten channels that are very similar to mine, uh, similar audience, similar topics. Uh, so a lot of times I'll just go there and uh, you know see what's working for them. And a lot of times you can look at other channels, sort by their most popular videos, and you'll see recurring themes. Right? You'll see. That you know, on all five channels that you look at, maybe for example, how to buy stocks is is a top producing video. Uh, passive income ideas is a top producing video, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's going to give you ideas that are going to be instantly popular within that that topic. So that's that's one way. Uh, another way is questions and comments from uh, from people in the in the community. So every video gets hundreds of comments usually, 
And, uh, and a lot of those will be you know, things people want to see, ideas, questions people have. So that's another great source for, uh, for video ideas. Cool. And you, you know, you mentioned questions from the audience, and that's something that I, I had before. And at some point, you get so many questions that you feel, well, I should actually uh, do a podcast or episodes about this. And then you start and suddenly they start trickling down or maybe they come in at the same at the same rate just when you're, you know, trying to use them for content. It seems like they slow down. I don't know if you ever used it, uh, but I did. There's a site, Ask the Public. Have you? Okay, ever? yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yep. Used it? Mm -hmm. I have. It's it's a great site for kind of crowdsourcing your 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 topics and your ideas and, and, and comments and stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, um, I, I've used that before just to see kind of what is the most wanted answer. So basically, what's the most asked questions out there in certain niches? So uh, I'm guessing then since you know, and, and I use it as well for the audience, if you guys want to check it out, uh, just search for Ask the Public and that will show up. And talking about that, uh, tools and software, what's some of your favorite ones to use? Uh, okay, so uh, you know I'm kind of an old school guy on on planning and organizing. I just use an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, you know I've got it laid out my monthly uh, a monthly calendar, and then you know, I map out uh, everything I need to do over the uh, the next two weeks basically. And then each day I highlight in yellow uh, a few things that I that I want to get done that day. And it helps to keep me on track, keep me uh, focused on uh, on the stuff that's that's imminent that needs needs to be done. I use that. I've just started using Slack, which is uh, kind of a uh, messaging service that you can use, uh, you know, private mess messaging service with your teams. So I've just started using that for our video conference in here. We're using Zoom, uh, which I, I also use for, for a lot of the interviews I do. Free, free to use uh, setup and schedule site or interviews. So uh, that's another one. For, for YouTube, I use TubeBuddy, which is a a research tool and really gives you an idea of you know what topics are going to be popular what topics you're going to be able to rank for and and really kind of some of the keyword rankings on your videos that one's very uh, very popular as well yeah yeah i love tubebuddy as well although i don't like we talked about before i don't get much uh from from the video edition but i still use tubebuddy to see if certain titles are more if they have higher competition what are chances to, to rank? So I sure. do like it, although I, like I said, I'm not good at, at the YouTube area. Sure. Well, it's it's a free, you know, they have a free plan, so and you get all the basic stuff with with that. So mm -hmm. so it's definitely, I think, something that that anybody can try out and, and see if they like it for their channel. Absolutely. And Joseph, what motivates you to keep going? Because I know you have lots of uh, what we can call passive income businesses or ideas so what what motivates you to keep going sure and, and i think that's something that, that people need to need to think about is is what is their motivation because uh you know starting out and i think this is where a lot of entre entrepreneurs fail is starting out my motivation was the money uh was that that monthly income that i needed to really first support my family and then to uh, to really build that that nest egg and that uh, that wealth uh, but you get to a point, you know, obviously if you're, you know, when your business grows and your income grows, you get to a point where that's not motivating enough anymore, right? You've got, uh, you've got your income needs 
uh, fulfilled. Basically, I could I could stop working right now, and and we would uh, we would have you know we wouldn't want for anything uh, as far as income from that passive uh, sources as well as as well as just our savings. So uh, you know, money can't be your motivation because it's not going to motivate you forever. So uh, I think for me, a, a lot of it I've shifted to uh, to really getting motivated by the community uh, on on the channel. Like I said, through the blogs, I've never never really felt that face-to-face relationship with uh, with the readers and, and been able to build that community. But on YouTube, it, it's it's really grown. It's it's grown very quickly. Like we said, 90, 94,000 people in the community uh, on the YouTube channel, and they're very engaged. You know, they uh, leave hundreds of comments for every video. Uh, I do live streams sometimes every every Sunday, and uh, you know, hundreds of people show up for that, and we talk back and forth. And it's just a great, uh, a great place to, you know, to feel that sense of community and feel that uh, that back and forth relationship. So that really drives me. That really, uh, you know, motivates me to to keep growing that community and and really trying to trying to help as many people as as I can through that through that medium. Very good, and Joseph. Like you were, um, you appeared on Bloomberg TV, Fox Business, Morningstar, and Forbes. So these are like incredible places to be. Did they come seeking for you? How does this work? Uh, there's there's a couple of them, like like Fox Business. Uh, you know, they pitched uh, you know an interview with me. Uh, but the other ones, you have to you, know, you have to seek them out, uh, especially if you're just starting out. Uh, at the time, I was just starting out. So so with the Bloomberg appearance, then I was invited to 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 be on a uh, on a televised panel about emerging market investing, and this was back in it's in 2011. I think it was, uh, you know, I had just written a, a white paper on uh, the integration of uh, stock markets in Latin America. So we had three com- countries here that were kind of integrating their stock markets. And I wrote a, a I think it was like a 40, 50 page white paper on it. Uh, so, you know, they saw that and they invited me to uh, to be on the on the panel discussion there. And so there's, a, there's things like that where you the work you do speaks for itself and gets you those invites. Uh, there's other ones where you uh, you know you have to pitch ideas to journalists and to to producers and a lot of that happens through you know you can you do things like haro so which is h dot com uh which is help a reporter out uh, and basically journalists just go on there to ask questions ask for sources and you can use that to kind of you know get your name out there you get build that relationship that with with reporters and journalists but but yeah a lot of it is just kind of Working, uh, you know, working the emails to uh, to connect with journalists, connect with reporters and producers on a theme or on an idea, and uh, you know, eventually they they have a spot open up that, that gets you on you know on the show. And is the the boost you receive from that is it very significant? Uh, sometimes it is. It's not. I, I don't think it is as much as quite as much as it used to be. Really, uh, and, and it always, of course, it always depends on how available your you know your your online information is. You know, obviously, the uh, if you're a, a, a YouTube channel, uh, then then I think really the best time spent is instead of you know, going after some of these traditional TV names or these traditional TV channels. A lot of times is reaching out to other other YouTube channels, okay, uh, doing collaborations and, and video exchanges with those other channels because you know that's where your audience is. Go where your audience is and, and where they're going to be easily easily able to go from that audience over to yours. Um, but, uh, but you know, if you, if you obviously Bloomberg, CNBC for, for the investing related businesses, then those are still 
very important and legitimate places to go. Yeah, for sure. How about having Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, on your show? Would that uh, boost you up a bit? That would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I watched uh, you know the the show quite a bit, uh, the Shark Tank, uh, and, and so I think it'd be a fun video. It'd be it'd be entertaining anyway, and that's a lot a lot of what this is 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 you know it's we we live in a world of infotainment. Okay, yes. anything you do, it's got to be not only informational, educational, but it's got to be uh, have an entertainment side to it as well. Uh, yes, so you, can, uh, you you can no longer just do one or the other. I think. Yeah, I agree. And Joseph, you know, uh, just for the record, you can have uh, Kevin O'Leary now for a thousand bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, for a thousand bucks, he'll give you a shout out. So I think it's like a minute. A uh, shout out. Okay, a minute yeah. long on a sixty seconds on a video. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can check it out on. Uh, he's on Cameo. C C A M E O dot com. Yeah, for a thousand bucks, he'll do a one minute shout out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know that it would be worth a thousand dollars for a shout out, but uh, I mean, you know, a traditional interview would be would be great. But I, I imagine that's uh, quite a bit more expensive than a thousand dollars. Yeah, I bet. I guess the, the only reason it will work is kind of social proof, or the intent is for like birthday gifts. So you can uh, like, if you have a friend, you can have Kevin O'Leary wish him a happy birthday, that kind of stuff. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, sure. You got, if you've got mar- marketing dollars to spend, I guess that, that's uh, that's one way to do it. Yeah, exactly. So tell me, Joseph, if you were, or if somebody that wants to start an online business today, uh, what's some of the advice you would have for them? Sure, sure. Uh, well, one is, is I think, uh, understand that you don't have to be the expert in a, in a niche or in a topic. Okay. Uh, people, people constantly uh, tell me that they don't have anything to say about, uh, you know, about a topic or, or they're not, they don't feel like they're an expert, but understand that your, your personal story has so much value, so much, uh, you know, so much value to, to just sharing that, you know, some of the most successful blogs I, I've seen and YouTube channels are just by somebody that knew almost nothing about a topic but wanted to learn, had a passion for learning uh, about that topic, and then took people on that journey. You know, the, uh, a, a great example, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jim Wang, he started, uh, started a website, a blog uh, in 2009, I think it was. And you know, he's, a, he's an old software programmer and wanted to know, learn about personal finance, knew nothing. So he started his blog just to document that journey. And I think, you know, when you share your personal story, share that transformation that you got through it, people relate to that. Uh, they want to make your story their own. Uh, so it's so much more powerful than just, you know, some expert appearing on camera to tell you what to do uh, is, is sharing that story. So, so definitely, you know, don't feel like you have to be the expert or you have to know everything about a topic. Just get started. Uh, share share your own personal experience, your own personal story, and and people will come. They'll they'll relate to you, uh, and, and they'll they'll build that connection. Yeah, and I think that's the point right there. That people want to find somebody that they can relate with, and if they're starting out and you're starting out, and you're kind of walking that path together, so they sure. will relate to that. And sure, yeah, you know, clo- uh, well, closing up that story, uh, Jim's website. He ended up selling it, I think, in 2010. So maybe maybe he started a little bit earlier, but sold in 2010 for about three million dollars. So uh, so definitely something that you know, share your personal story, take people on that personal journey with you. They will uh, they'll love you for it. They'll you'll create a community, and uh, and it's going to mean some big money 
uh, when you create that that kind of a, a bond with your with your readers or your, or your viewers. Absolutely, Joseph. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can learn more about you, and let us give us your links. Sure. Well, I am uh, on YouTube at uh, Let's Talk Money. Uh, it's the channel on YouTube. Would love to see everyone there. Join the community by clicking that subscribe button. So I, I publish three times a week on there. And, and like I said, I just love that face-to-face -face relationship and, and that sense of community we get there. Also, I have the four blogs, uh, which you can find through the YouTube channel, depending on you know what types of personal finance you want to talk about, investing, making money online, uh, you know, find a personal finance, uh, that, that making money online blog. That's uh, myworkfromhomemoney.com. So if you want to learn more about uh, you know how I created my own online assets, my my businesses, go there. I share everything I do uh, on those, including you know how to create a YouTube channel, how to start self-publishing, and, and how to start a blog. Very good. And before I let you go, Joseph, is there still lots of questions coming in when it comes to crypto and Bitcoin? <laughs> there, there are. Uh, I've never really covered it a whole lot on the videos, so I don't get quite as many as. As some of the uh, the more focused uh, Bitcoin channels, mm -hmm. uh, but there, you know, there, there, it is. I won't say a legitimate investment because I don't know that it's really an investment at this point. But uh, you know, there's there's some things to to think about it. There, I actually actually did started out the channel with a video on why you shouldn't invest in Bitcoin. That was right around December of 2017, right around when it was about twenty thousand uh, dollars, and then did a video about a year ago when it was down at around four or five thousand about you know why you can start adding it to your investment portfolio uh, and of course it's since come back up to a uh, 10 or eleven thousand uh, dollars so so you know if you know if you know how to value Bitcoin then, then you can uh, you can make some money in it but uh, I wouldn't put too much money I wouldn't put too much of my wealth in it yeah not right now it still seems to be very uh, scary is the right term <laughs> sure sure <laughs> okay Joseph Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I will have the show notes with all your links so people can check them out. And if you are driving right now, wait till you pull over to check these, uh, these links. Thanks, Quinn. I appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Have a great one. Yep. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story. <laughs>